0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the diarrhea dumpster disaster. That is this show. This is, of course, Noise of the Broke Boys podcast. And before we get started, I have an amazing announcement. My boy Livick of Hit Squad is going to be the official co host of this show moving forward. He is the freshest Hispanic in tracksuit, he is heavy in technique, and he is obviously having intercourse tremendously. That is Hit Squad HIT. So I'm happy to have him here. Today's guest is also a great get. He is the owner of Just Fresh Productions and one half of the Jabroni Bros podcast. My boy, B-Boy Fatso,
1: a.k.a. Just Fresh. What's up, my dude? What's up? What's up, my brother? Kurt the Hurt. It's, yeah. it's been a long time, man. It's great to see you.
0: Yeah, no, I'm dude, I've known you forever. Uh, I think you're one of the first people I ever battled. Yeah. Um, and Washington Center. At Washington Center <laughs> when I was
1: probably, I don't know, funk monks versus vibe track i know that that
0: it was the biggest crew battle of the century yeah the that time. was like the
1: summertime uh online beef that turned into us becoming crew members uh, yeah exactly
0: <laughs> and i don't even remember why we had
1: beef i think it was just simply uh sacramental rivalry shit on some like yo these guys are like the new hungry crew but yeah. they're not like as good as like flex or like ugf so Let's battle them. Kind of yeah, thing. I mean,
0: obviously, because we were freaking, like, you know, 14 or 15 years old. Yeah, bro, I mean, old, I, was I, was like, like,
1: I was, like, 17 then, I think, these, so. These
0: high school kids. I mean, it was the high school battle of the century. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, dude. At least it went in down. Sacramento. Yeah, so that was dope. I mean, uh, and so I've known you since then, and obviously, we've, had, we've been in crews together. Um, you've been throwing jams um, in the past. You've done a lot of stuff in your life um, in terms of inside the hip-hop realm, um, so... You know i wanted to, to bring you on to talk about a lot of these things so um let's just start with kind of like uh when you first got into breaking
1: okay yeah. um dude so it's kind of funny like i have a very similar story to to you actually uh-huh. uh so as you guys all know huge wrestling fan yeah uh i grew up always watching it uh i wasn't like that kid that wanted to be a wrestler i was just like yo this shit is awesome you know i want to have big muscles you know and i want to be able to Talk a lot of shit like The Rock, yeah. but um, basically I got into breaking in eighth grade. I was a huge fan of the group Too Cool, uh, yep. Scotty Too Hottie, uh, Rikishi, mm. Grandmaster <laughs> Sexay. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Not gonna lie, yeah. we had like a group of friends, and like we would do that routine at school. Hell so cool. I was like, I was like, fuck it. Like if, if anything, I'm gonna be the guy that does the worm. Yeah, because yeah. it's like it's the, it's the flyest shit, right? <laughs> that was Vince. So so yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, me and Vince have very similar past. It's kind of crazy. Uh, <laughs> But I I went home, practiced for an hour. I learned the worm hella quick. Yeah. And it was better than like anybody else in my school. And that was like my very first break-in move. Mm. And I was like, yo, yeah, 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 I can do it. So after that, I just like kind of dedicated myself to it. And um, I went to my first jam in 2001. It was at, at Sac State in the Redwood Room. Mm. And um, connected with a whole bunch of people there. And and, and from there, I saw some people that just kind of like changed the course of my break-in forever. And uh, I was hooked.
0: Mm. Who, who are the people that changed um, your course uh,
1: I would say biggest influences at that time uh, DSD1 oh yeah uh, Sky was fucking killing it uh, mm. him and Fury they were either in the semis or uh, top 8 or something and I want to say they battled Abe and Spidey from uh, San Jose and okay. this is just when Abe came back from Florida this is post yeah. uh, who can roast the most I'm not, I'm sorry. Uh, out for fame, uh, Midwest East Coast finals. So he's already like he's coming back to Sacramento and bringing something completely new to breaking, mm, mm-hmm. uh, or at least something new to 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 our scene with the foundation and like the real raw Ground yeah. Zero style Florida battle attitude.
0: Yeah, Abe definitely brought back some interesting things that I don't think the scene on this side we did ever not seen have before. that. Right.
1: Everybody was just kind of on some like yo let's let's yeah let's do power you know um, let's blow it up. But like he brought something with uh you know he would he would do like uh battle rocks and mm-hmm. he would be like smoking fools with just burns mm-hmm. and uh just his footwork and his flavor I was like yo this is really dope and um around that time I already had purchased like freestyle session five um out for fame west coast so to see people like that and i I met Abe and I was like yo you're the guy that's on the VHS tape that I'm watching. Oh, you know he was tired. they were Alpha Fame West Coast. It was the first flexible flavor uh, jam so it was, I believe it was Marcus, Abe, J Rock, Poison. Oh yeah. And um, I'm forgetting the last person. But um just Was to it be Roland? Like, Roland might have been on the squad. I think Roland because was he good. was he was in because Flexible Flave originally yeah. started as a West Coast super crew. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, literally yeah. just something to uh they were to enter a big jams and they needed representation. Yeah, yeah. So to see that and then to see the person that was in the video, I was like, yo, I'm fucking with this. Yeah. Yeah. That's tight. But um sorry. I kind of went long-winded. Sky was one of the huge ones. Um, Abe was one of the huge ones. Natron was one of the huge ones. Yeah. Um, I saw Rivers there from DSD-1. Um, I remember Ajax was in the ciphers. I believe Iron Monkey was there. And just to be able to see all that and actually experience it. And I was I was such a beginner. Like, my best move at the time was like a walking handstand into a hollow back. So it's like, mm. I was whack. You know what I mean? Yeah. But just to, to see it and to see that it's attainable and it's in Sacramento, I was like, yo, I'm hooked. I'm, I'm,
0: I think the first time I seen you, you had like really deep hollow bags. Yeah. and Inverts. And stuff.
1: Yeah. That was like my signature freezes at the time.
0: That was, <laughs> that was a long time ago.
1: Um,
0: so you, you have, you just kind of started getting back into breaking now. Like, I guess what kind of made you veer away from it? Burnout. Burnout. Yeah. I see.
1: Uh, when you dedicate so much into something and, uh, you start getting heavily involved in like the politics with shit Oh yeah. Uh, i mean so just to to break it down like i competed and trained like actively for about 10 years for breaking after that it was just more like i don't really care about jams i just want to break i want to have fun um after that uh i mean i left legendary steps i quit flexible flave and i was more mm-hmm. so just on my own path i just want to break i want to have fun yeah. um I started hosting events, I started throwing events. It was fun, it was cool, and I saw the impact that I had on people's lives. So I wanted to be able to um, give people that outlet that I didn't have when I very first started breaking. And to kind of cycle back a little bit, um, my parents didn't always support me breaking. So it was super hard to find activities that um, not only would get supported and I could do on my own and develop. So I wanted to skate like this is around mm. the time when tony hawk's pro skater was Hell out yeah like that was heavily influential uh, for our generation so if you so first off there's hardly any black dudes that were skating back then so yeah. at that uh now you have to have money to buy the board uh you gotta have the deck the trucks the wheels all that shit. my parents wasn't trying to pay for shit. like just flat out they were like yo if you want to do something you got to figure it out on your own i said get me a boombox Get me some linoleum. I'll practice in the garage, mm. and that was literally it. That was so your escape. That's and that's that's that was my way to develop and to to put my art out. Mm. Um. So, with me throwing events, I figure, full circle, give people that experience that I had when I really first got into hip hop, so that they can have those moments that give them chills, that inspire them to want to do better, to want to help others as a community. Hmm. Can you go more
2: deep into, like, um, saying, because now you're a parent. And, yes. Um, how, does, how does that combine with um, you juggling both things?
1: So, um, honestly, I tell everybody with this. When you become a parent, it's an adjustment. It's not something that you just give up your life for. People have to understand. You've been on this earth for X amount of years. You developed your own talents, your own skills, things that you personally love. You have to be able to continue to do those things and not allow uh, your children necessarily to hinder that. But at the same time, you got to understand it's like, hey, this person 100% depends on you. So moving forward, you have to be able to dedicate time to them, but still find your own personal happiness. So it's really just a balancing act. Finding uh, so so for example, uh, my kids get mad tired around like 8:30, and I put them to bed at nine o'clock. If I let them stay up, they'll stay up till 11, but then they're gonna be really shitty people the next morning. (laughs) They're not going to listen to me. They're going to be hella cranky. They're not going to be ready for school. Like, it's just not going to work. So you keep them on that routine. Cool. Put my kids down. I lay down with them about 830. They go to sleep around nine. Bam, they're asleep. Now I can get dressed. I can go work out. I can go hit the gym. I can go break, you know, but it's really just you have to sacrifice a little bit more when you become a parent, but you have to find what works for you.
0: So I know you were telling me that, Uh, you know, your son and then your stepson, they're both like kind of interested in breaking. Yeah. You see the same like spark in their eye that you had when you were, you know, younger and first saw breaking?
1: Yes and no, uh, because I believe we live in a a generation of instant gratification. So like Hmm. I can show them the same clips that I watched when I first started breaking and they're not going to be as hype. So Uh, for me, I can I can show a clip. Or I can watch a clip of like Radiotron 97 with yeah. some dude Flare Wimble, Flare 90. And I'm like, yo, that's the illest shit ever. Yeah. Or I can show them like something on Red Bull BC1 and they're just like, oh, cool, dad. You know, <laughs> but to me, I'm like, I, I, I remember like literally watching Radiotron. I was like, I'm going to learn Flare 90 one day. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm going to learn this shit no matter what. Yeah, I told myself I'll never quit until I got it. And what got what it. is it <laughs> about that?
0: Because because I, I get the same feeling like when I see old footage. And it just brings me, maybe it's nostalgia, but it brings me back to that time when I first saw it, like when I was younger and I was like, this is so hype. And then when I watch footage now, I'm kind of like, whatever.
1: I think it just comes in uh, perspective. Yeah. When we were kids, uh, like for example, I love Power Rangers. I love yeah. uh, uh Ninja Turtles and stuff yeah. like that. I'm 34 years old. Yeah. If I watch those same movies now, they're ass. Just straight up, <laughs> yeah. they are, they're terrible. <laughs> because you Terrible. understand it yeah. you understand yeah it. and there's only so much that you can really like like okay i can i'm a wrestling fan i can suspend my disbelief yeah but come on you you do a flying kick and somebody flies like a cool 200 feet and then they splat into ooze like <laughs> come on man Like, like I get but it. at the time you thought that yeah. was cool but yeah. to me i was like holy shit, they're ninjas they're, <laughs> you know what I mean? like that's it like, Oh, there's, there's a frog train right uh,
0: uh, right transformer or whatever <laughs> Ninja Zord, Zords? I, mean.
1: I was like i'm with Ninja this shit. Zord, yeah. yeah
0: dude i saw that movie on my like, oh, I want to say it was like my tenth birthday, and it was the hypest crap ever. And yeah. then I watched it. Now I'm like, what was I thinking? It's
1: terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> it's a legit terrible movie. But the, the Ninja Turtle movies, those were kind of. Oh good, yeah, right? no Ninja Turtles too. Make no mistake, that shit is fire. Yeah. To yeah. This day. Yeah. It's day. Uh, it's fire. Yo, shout out to the Kino Ernie Reyes yeah, Jr. Ernie Reyes Jr. Yeah, man, West Coast legend.
0: Hell yeah. Oh, dude, that that brings me back. Um, so do you, can I, can you talk a little bit about like some of your favorite, uh, moments in like your hip hop life?
1: Okay. You know? Um, so I'm a huge music guy. So, uh, mm-hmm. what, one thing about me, uh, so I, not to sound like I'm like the best, uh, event manager or event organizer, but, um, I find inspiration for jams, for battles from mm. so many different other things. Okay. I, I never just look at a jam and be like, okay, I'm going to copy that. I, I like what oh. they did. I'm going to do this. So I go to concerts all the fucking time. Okay. Uh, and I, and I live it. I look at it like this. You have to um, see your favorite artists. Now there's never a time when you can see them five, 10 years from now, because you don't know if they're going to die. My, my mm. biggest take was I wanted to see uh Prince. Oh, I always wanted to see Prince. Yeah. And I remember the, the, he had um, a show that he announced in the Bay area and it sold out like within like 10 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. And, and he died. Yeah. And then I was like, fuck, so I, you I never got to see Prince. So ever since then, I've been on this like bucket list kick with entertainment, uh, with seeing certain people. I've seen Jay-Z. I've seen uh, Kendrick Lamar in Oakland. Uh, I've seen mm. J. Cole. You know, like I've seen all of my favorite artists in person, Travis Scott. Like, oh, okay. and, and you see the energy, you see uh, the production value that they have. And um, so, so I'm sorry. I super long winded with this question. I saw Jay-Z in Fresno back in like 2008 and wow. the visuals that he had at the show i was on the floor but i was like all the way in the back but just to see it i was like this is one of the coolest shits that i've ever seen in my life mm. okay so that's one of my favorite hip-hop memories uh another one was traveling bro so like early in our breaking career when we started hitting events like uh we went to ashes to ashes in portland with mm-hmm. your dad driving us yeah. bro like me you rodney swells less um your brother was i don't think victor was there i think yeah yeah i yeah, said Chai. i said twelve. okay um because he was on the legendary steps team and rodney was on the second flex team something and yeah And yeah, rodney yeah, was yeah, still in lsc back then i remember like what the fuck's going on you're supposed to be battling with us <laughs> yeah. uh and then it was like flex and they had mighty max back then and speedy so they yeah. had um yep. and they had the king of the hill battle and i believe that was the year lila was out um mm. and it was just that was that was, so that was a huge moment for me hip-hop memory early in my career well,
2: that was a legendary event. That yeah, was a dope it event. Was, yeah. It was. It yeah. was. Yeah. Shout out. And
1: to shit, Moon we Patrol. battled massive monkeys at that jam. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. And and they kind of played us like it was on some, uh, because we were like the third Sacramento team there. Yeah. They like, didn't allow us to showcase until it was a two day jam. Yeah. Second day, uh, massive showed up. They didn't even uh, do the prelims, and they were like, I okay, well you guys got to battle massive, and we we're like, what the fuck are we supposed to do against massive monkeys? So <laughs> we were just like, yo, put up a fight. And we did. Every single round, I remember we threw like dope routines and commandos and they were trying to talk shit, but like we lost, but we were like 18. And to mm-hmm. be able to go against yeah. people like that, legendary b crew, yeah. I was like, yo, we're we're doing something. I mean they were
0: they were legends in the game already at that yeah. point and we were like
1: and they would talk big shit.
0: It w- it was kind of yeah. weird.
1: I was like, I was like, what's up with this? Like, why are you guys like I like you guys why are you talking shit <laughs> yeah that was kind of a
0: weird situation yeah.
1: but no i learned from there you gotta like harden up never meet your idols bro <laughs> like, if they're never as cool as you think they are like like, like just battle them <laughs> just yeah. battle them like yeah i idolize you though
0: and i met you oh, you're crazy uh, there you go um i want to go back to what you were saying about the jay-z concert and yeah. how you um when you went there you you the, the setup of it, like, amazed you. And because I know that you throw your own events, or at yes, least sir. you used to throw a lot of events, and now Still you do a lot of um, yeah. uh, weddings and things. Did you get a lot of inspiration from that? And and um, and also, do you look at events differently than, like, a regular person? I would imagine you do.
1: I look at everything from an entertainment aspect first. Yeah. Um, nobody wants to go and sit at a jam for 10 hours, seeing the same thing over and over. Yeah. Hot no food, no bitches, like <laughs> straight up. Like you have to or have respectable a respectable women. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm being candid right now. No, I'm just um, always respect to our Queens, but I'm talking about bitches right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a difference. Uh, Let's so, go. so it's like when you walk into, so as a, uh, now that I'm in the entertainment industry, like as uh, a DJ, I've learned to read like energy, read the room, Um, When you walk into a place and you're playing a song and it's clearly not working, you shift to something else. If there's a room full of like hood dudes, you play hood music. Mm. If there's a bunch of big booty bitches, you play music so they the can booty shake their music their booty. yeah Hell so yeah. it's like it's about understanding a balance so when you go to a jam and it's like 90% men it's all i'm the tough guy i got the i got the illest indian step and shit like nobody cares like <laughs> like go out there be cool have good vibes have positivity mm. and and um basically from doing other events djing and different kind of crowds and specifically because i do weddings it's literally like a different group of people every single time yeah you learn to just entertain a little differently Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so basically when i go to a jam uh i look at it like yo i'm there to connect and chill vibe with people kick it it's not necessarily about the competition aspect but it's more so like yo let's just have a good time
0: this episode of noise of the broke boys is brought to you by free time are there moments in your life has there ever been a time no those are not questions i forgot to finish they are legit inquisitions i have for all my listeners free time is something that is often overlooked in our lives but the sum of all our short moments in life happen to add up to many wasted hours per day in that time consider how many bread making cookbooks you could have read or how many shake weights you could have well shook Next time you have a spare second, consider using it in a more slash less constructive way by turning on the noise of the Broke Boys podcast and dropping us a like. Thanks for your continued support. And now on to the show.
2: Mm -hmm. On an artistic aspect, you know, when you go to see someone, you see how they do like different shows and... uh,
1: do you do that, like, in your event? I always try and make something at my event stand out different from anybody else's. It can be something small, like having an award ceremony. Uh, Sacramento Underground 4, uh, we reached out to Gerald's family uh, through Charles. Yeah. Uh, and peace to Gerald. Yeah, yeah one, one time for Gerald. Yo, just straight up, he was one of the earliest inspirations, not only for Sacramento, Same. but, like, he inspired my style so much. And, yeah. I, and at that same jam that I was talking to you guys about in 20, 2001, I was too scared to come and talk to him because yeah. I, it was one of those, like, he's yo, a larger, he's, he's
0: like, he was exactly. He's a larger than And life he's a very humble dude, yeah. man. him yeah.
1: I didn't know him like that. So to me, it was like, I, um, acknowledged and observed from a distance. So when he passed, I was like, yo, we cannot let Gerald's legacy die. Yeah. Like this is a Sacramento King. We have to do something. So. I reached out to uh, Charles, who was a crew member of his. I told him, can you please reach out to the family? I want to try and preserve this legacy as much Mm -hmm. as I can. Bam. Reached out to them. Um, Another thing that I try and do to make me stand out, I try and bring the things that inspired me. So, like, I was really into, like, 90s breaking. West Coast. Power moves. Mm. Blow-ups. Early 2000s. You know, air chairs, air babies, elbow air flares, you know, just shit. Like, freak show shit. Circus runaways. That's the stuff that was heavily influential in the early 2000s. So, when I throw a jam, maybe I'll throw a trick battle. Maybe I'll throw a power move battle because it's like, that's the West Coast legacy. We need to continue to uphold that. Granted, if you're great at footwork or not, but it's like, yo, that's kind of what we're known
2: as. Yeah, blow ups.
1: Yeah, so I don't know if I completely answered that question, but oh. always try and like, like just try and do something a little bit different to add a little flavor to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so when, when you are trying to figure out something a little bit different is, do you try to just, do you look at what other people are doing and then go, I'm going to do the complete opposite? Or do you kind of like.
1: So I always try and go with the flow of things. Yeah. Um. So if I see something, I'm, I'm really big on production value. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. If you can do, like, why do a jam in eight hours if you can do it in three? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know? De- like, definitely. I've like always wondered up, that, except for. Like, if you got people paying $15, $20 to come in, you're already not giving them a place to sit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, and like now people make leave, a show. They
2: don't even stay to the whole jam You know why they don't. they don't do that?
1: Because it's boring. It's monotonous. It's the same thing exactly. over and over. After you see like the first showcase battles, you don't really need to stay. Unless you're a breaker and you really want to see like that specific person that you came to see. As a spectator, you're like, cool, I've already seen everything I need to see.
0: Yeah, the, I would. Any event that's structured around a competition, I feel like they really need to focus on Putting on a good production for those battles. Yeah. Because really, if someone's coming to see battles, that's what they're there for. They're not really there to see ciphers. Yeah. Ciphers are very important, though. Yeah. And so I like the way that Surge has done, I think you've done this too, where it's like you open up your event early. And you say here we're gonna cypher here mm-hmm. we're gonna get you all warmed up we're gonna do the prelims in this time and then at this exact time this, this is when the yeah. battle
1: start and if, if you're there if you're there yeah and if you're is, not too bad yeah i don't care if you have a big crew name or whatever yeah. if you're coming from the bay too bad i got a show but, to run and i'm not exactly. holding up for anyone anymore
0: I, I, I like that a lot yeah
1: um damn i was trying to say something earlier i kind of lost my train of thought but um yeah Um, what i what i was gonna also ask is is because i think a lot of battles now competitions oh this is what it was i'm sorry you were were talking about the production value of jams so Uh um what i do to kind of like and this is just a small thing i work my brackets so i I put my brackets so that it's um based off my experience what i've seen hey this is going to be a good matchup i rank everyone from like if we're doing a top eight i have everyone list ranked from one to eight Mm. and i put uh Rank number one and rank number two in two opposite brackets. And then I build them from there to make it an exciting oh. show so that the number one seed will always meet the number two seed. In oh, the yeah. Finals, so it's kind of like, hopefully, you know, it's kind of like how the NBA
0: playoffs are yeah. a little bit. Yeah. March okay.
1: Madness, all that shit. That you know, makes like, sense. like you have a, a seeding and a ranking of everyone. And then from there, you decide the hype battle. So that's what I think a lot of people should be doing, at least production value wise. To and make I think you better.
2: were the first one to actually do the whole thing that was a tournament type thing, or because that's never been done.
1: I don't know if I was the first. But I, remember, I, just, I, I just try and like You're I, trying something. I, yeah. Different. I'm always trying to push stuff. Even with the B-Boy League. Um when we did Kings of the Scene. Uh shit, you guys won that. Yeah. Yeah. Um I my biggest thing was like everybody's giving out like hundred dollars to a winner. What if I give you the opportunity to fly anywhere to any jam mm-hmm. in the United States? Because my biggest thing that I took away from breaking was the traveling, the companionship that I had with my crew when we roll out. Uh some of my best memories I had was when I went to New York uh, oh, with yeah. my whole crew. You know, like we Shit, you were there. Like we battled. Like like that's that's shit that you take with you for life. Mm-hmm. So if I can give you the opportunity to fly somewhere, like I I don't want to just give you a prelim to any jam because you, that might not be the jam that you're looking for. But if you can fly to anything of your choice, yo, how can you not take it?
0: Yeah. And and what we did uh, was we flew out to Silverback. Silverback, the very opened. first Silverback. Yeah. And that and was everybody a got legendary paid, yeah. moment, dude. That was a, one of the best jams I think I've ever. Been. Yeah. And I really wish they still did those, but. It's like,
1: didn't I mean, you guys have like Ruth Chris the first night and shit, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like that was hype, dude. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So from entering uh, a jam in Sacramento, you got to friggin go to Silverback Open. Yeah. Like, look at that.
0: Ha- see, it was such a great like experience for sure. Like, I, I-, I definitely endorse that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, because you're giving an opportunity to people that they don't even know who they are. And yeah, They might not so know what they're missing, too. Yeah. You know too, what I mean? Yeah, my inspiring them, too. Yeah,
0: yeah. If you don't know
1: what you don't know, but sure. then when you get out there and you see it and you experience, it's one of the dopest. Like, like I said, at, at Evolution Four, I remember there was there was graffiti on the wall and it said, "I wish I could give you this feeling," and that stuck with me so oh, much yeah. because it's like I want to give that feeling, that that passion, that excitement that I get. I get chills on my fucking arms right now thinking about breaking. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't necessarily give you what. I, the passion that I uh, feel, but I can give you guys that platform to experience it. I can put you guys Mm. in the dope musical environment. I can put some of the best talent that I personally know of in the environment for you to either have to compete against them or have to cipher with them, you know? So it's just like, and I know you're
2: getting back into it. Can you you talk a little bit about that? So,
1: so ultimately, uh, not on no, like scene savior shit, but there's been a lot of people that have been hitting me up and are like, yo, we need you just straight up just straight up and it's like uh i'm at a point now in my life where i'm at i have a really good balance with both my family life my professional life and with my creative side Mm -hmm. so um i'm able to give back more i'm able to be like okay cool like if you guys need me to help with the organization of event i'm happy to help um if you guys need me to help judge or if you need me to give you uh, the resources that you need to get the right sponsors for your event or how to write up some stuff or to put up a program together so that it's not just about break and say you like, for example, Kobe break bread. Um, he's trying to do programs for the youth. I was like, yo, why don't you teach classes in the park? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Let's just do it in the park. You want to get, you want to get the next generation. Let's hit the kids, you know? So it's just little stuff like that. And it's just thinking a little bit out of the box versus just being like, Hey, I'm going to throw a jam. mm
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I guess when you come back to throwing events, are you planning to um, like hit hit with like some new kind of concepts? Because because I've been throwing around the idea in my head like that. I feel like the way jams are thrown now is not maybe the best way to do it. I keep thinking about it because we we're, we always do it round for round judging hmm. stuff like that. I'm like where did that even come from? I think it just came out of like, I think that like was martial
1: the- arts, honestly, like coming from like uh, Taekwondo tournaments and stuff, how people do the point system yeah. and you know, one, two, three, bam. Or 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 um I think people just take it from other elements. But actually let me flip this question on you. What would you like to see differently at jams these days?
0: Yeah, I I
1: I want something
0: outside of the norm because I'm just so used to three judge point at who you think wins and it's in like a tournament style. And you know, the battles are really short, sometimes just one round each. Yeah. And to me that I I look at it going like, what does that actually prove to me in this battle? It proves that this guy did a better round than that guy. Every and moment. these three judges decided that that was a better.
1: round. Yeah. Based but off their opinion, based on their opinion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And 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 when I think about that, that doesn't mean a whole lot to me if yeah. I was in that situation, whether I won or lost. And so I'm trying to think of a way that you could uh conduct a, a, a battle a, a competition where you leave out a, li- a more more of that stuff in in a way that uh you know it, it's maybe it's more rounds like you're showcasing more of your skill to more people and it's i guess it's not just up to the to the hands of
1: just a few judges yeah it,
0: but it's it's really hard
1: it's because a hard balance to find because there's traditionalists that are gonna be like oh no that's not even a jam i'm not going or or what is this that's not a battle that's not a competition so it's like you deal with all these people that that first off they don't even show up to events in the first place but they're gonna yeah. be the first people to complain online for sure um, I, I think those people just
0: don't even listen yeah to them. exactly they're they're, they're, the, they're
1: the vocal minority
0: they're, uh, yeah they're they don't mean anything
1: really but what i like to do um i've been i have like a few concepts and i kind of don't want to let it out the bag just yet but really looking at our history, looking at uh what happened at previous events. Like, say for example, um, you know what I'd love to see come back? The Shark Tank. Hell okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah you guys yeah. know what I'm talking yeah, about. From the moment if from the moment you walk into the jam, anybody can call you out and basically like whoever is showing and just killing it, like you win. It's not about like how many people you call out or whatever. I mean, like, yeah, they want to see you showcase, but like you know you don't have to have 10 rounds I, I, you know what i mean yeah i that's
0: the kind of thing i'm thinking of is is because that to me is more that's that means more in breaking to me yeah. and when you just see someone just actively killing it all the time that to me is a winner, not someone who threw one good round exactly. against one dude and three people decided that that was the best thing.
1: And even like when we first started breaking, at least for me in the early 2000s, like I used to watch B-Boy Summit tapes and like that was the best part was the raw circles, the yeah. raw cyphers. So yeah. it's like you see the k mills you see the Flowmasters, you know, you see the wickets. And I'm like, yo, I kind of like this shit more. Yeah. You know, um, so. For me ultimately I want to bring the party jam. I want to bring the party vibe back to jam. Yeah, yeah. As someone that's an entertainer myself, like I I party every weekend. Like I want to what I what I told people is I didn't leave the scene. I went out to level up and bring something back uh, yeah. to help everybody else. That makes a
0: lot of sense you know? because because doing- it's like
1: I literally leveled up. I I'm, I'm now um I'm not just some guy that just plays music. Like I literally entertain people. So um, for the people that even came to Bush's show just a couple of weeks ago, I'm sorry, I might be dating myself depending on you know whenever this podcast gets released. But like I spun uh, the exhibition, I spun his concert, and like there was a cool 15 minutes of me just playing music that people want to party and have a good time to. There's liquor, there's uh, energy, you know, like just just people need to stop coming to jams just to compete. Yeah, exactly. Come to the jam to vibe. Come to the jam because it's a fucking Saturday. You've been working all week. Your kids are on your nerves and you just need to express yourself mm-hmm. like i, I want to be that person for people yeah. and, and um, you know
2: what's missing too i think it's the crew battles man because i think that's what got me into it having her. my people around yeah and pushing me and i think that's missing a lot i'm
1: not a solo person i'm a crew person exactly i've won maybe three to five battles in my whole life and they were all crew battles
0: mm-hmm.
1: yep. with you mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean yep. so it's like 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 that trust me Sacktown Underground I've always pushed that as the crew battle. Um And you used,
2: used to see battles and cyphers against crews. It wasn't yeah.
1: just
0: one on one. Exactly. Yeah. So it, the
2: cyphers were even different back yeah.
1: then.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if there's a way to like combine all these ideas.
1: Well, people kind of did it with the Cypher King thing, but then that became too formulaic. Yeah. You know? I, like like now I know if I go there to call people out, I'm going to win $50. Like, nah, bro, just come to the jam I, and vibe. Yeah, I, I hate I hate the idea of just creating a whole bunch
0: of piranhas in a, in a, in a room yeah. because that's not fun. Cause yeah. when you're just, when you're
1: trying to dance and then everybody's just rushing after you too, yeah. like, that's yeah. Just yeah. like come on, dude, I, yeah. there's
0: another 18 year old that's trying to battle me. Like, dude, I'm over this. Yeah. Like, I just want to like dance. I don't need to dance to this song. Cause I don't like this song, but exactly. I, do like, I like this song. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to dance to it. You know what I mean? I want to bring that energy into it and have that be the
1: competition in a way but i don't know how to do that it's it's like really weird a lot of it comes down to the music too i do think so yeah Um, i think a lot of the people so because like breaking events or hip-hop events in general are so grassroots that a lot of people don't get djs that know how to really just like rock a crowd they might be just like bedroom djs that might be great at scratching or something but when it comes to actually you know you you got 250 people right in front of you like what are you going to do can you go you deep know, more into that? Like, yeah. what? So,
2: what's your aspect when you see the crowd? What makes you?
1: So, uh, it's really, a, and I, I keep on saying this, but it comes down to the energy. Mm-hmm. If I see someone while I'm spinning behind the decks, and they get me like a, a <laughs> and trust me, you get it. Yeah, like wow. it, people can be the root ru- like the rudest people if they don't like some songs, but then they also want you to be like a jukebox at time. So it's really finding that fine line of being like, okay, from my experience, I know I can play this song, and it's gonna get majority of the people dancing. I might need to get two to three songs to get to that big crescendo, but yeah. I'm going to build up to that. Oh, okay. Um, a lot of times what I've noticed with people that like maybe DJ jams, they need to play in the club some more. They need to yeah. play private events. They need to play birthday parties so that you're not just playing shit at 120 BPMs, crazy fast, and a fucking DJ flag thing that you just ripped off of YouTube, <laughs> I, you know?
0: Yeah, I, that actually... Yeah, you you summarize kind of like it's the music. The yeah. issue that I've always had
1: is like, like right now. Go-
2: what do you think about the music? Like, what, what, I mean, I love
1: breaks, but I get tired of it. You know, um, I come from a hip hop background, so like naturally, when I think a jam, I think of hip hop. One uh, hundred percent of the times I throw a jam, you will always see more or you will always hear more underground hip hop played. Yes, I play breaks, but I always play hip hop because yeah. this is a form of hip hop. But I've also always love the party aspect so if you give me 20 minutes to 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 jump and spin the ciphers i'm gonna play some shit that's gonna make people dance it might not be the mexican you know what i mean it not it might not be don't sweat the technique but it's gonna be some shit that you're just like oh i can dance to this and my girl can dance to it and if you're and if you're a real b boy you can really dance to anything i like i like that a lot you know Exactly. Like, cause I mean, shit, remember like back in the day, uh, even you used to say all the time, you want to hear like some Motown Philly, you want to hear some, yeah, develop, you know, some, some feel good, good vibe music. Yeah. And and there's plenty of that to be played, yeah. but we're going to just play these same 50 songs we hear at every single jam. Yeah. I, it's, it's boring. Yeah. Cause I, I look
0: back at how breaking really started and that's what it started from is yeah. just a DJ controlling a room well. And when he sees a cypher pop off, it's like, let's start transitioning yeah. to this hype shit. And then you hit them with the yep. hype shit and then the cypher pops off. Agree. But you're not starting the cypher off like everyone 100 miles an hour right now.
1: Boom, digga, yeah. it boom, boom, It doesn't work. That's not going to happen. When I do a wedding and like we transition people, so say like the toast just finished and I'm going to open up the dance floor. If I play the most hype song first, it's not going to work. No mm-hmm. matter how popular that the song is, got to set people up. You can't just expect them to instantly come out and just give you 100% of that energy. You got to build it.
0: Yeah, so I, I, I've been kind of thinking about this idea um, about, like, so you know how breaking is going to be in the Olympics? Yes. And I'm just wondering, like, what if there was a way to just throw, a like, a cypher jam, and the people that are watching at home, everything is seen from, like, a camera, like, let's say, above. Okay. And they're not scheduling battles or anything. It's just this crew is going after this crew, and shit's just popping off on the normal. And you just got these good camera guys that are going – that's a cypher right there that we got to go and we're going to focus on this shit. And then you're going to get the judges focusing on it. Everyone at home that's watching can see it as well, but you're not intruding onto the vibe of the jam, but then you're going in there and going like, who's winning this battle? And that the guys that win this, they're going to get to move on to the next like cypher room or whatever the hell. Like I almost think that that would be a really interesting concept to have at a jam. I don't know if you could do that. For like a regular jam because you're not going to have this extreme amount of uh, um, like camera crews and stuff. But yeah. I wonder if there's a way to make that happen.
1: You know, I mean anything's possible. Like, I mean it's really just execution, yeah. having the right team with you, and if you have those resources to to do something like that. I mean shit. A couple years ago, nobody was live streaming events, and now that yeah. seems to be like the norm. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Granted, some stuff needs to be underground and not live streamed. Yeah. Because sometimes you just need to keep it within the culture. Definitely. Um. But I mean. What you're basically saying with the idea of just like yo let's just float around and, and let's see what we can catch like who's catching wreck and let's 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 promote that it's possible bro it's
2: tough too with copyright like now yeah. you can't you have to put your you can't put
0: music yeah that's so yeah it, exactly it does change the Co- mood copyright i think
1: that shit has Kind of fucked the scene up. I a think bit. I think we have to make a separation though. Um, certain events are meant to be more mainstream. Certain events are meant for the underground. Yeah. Um, for those events where we don't have to worry about it, we can just play what we want to hear. Those are the underground events. Those are us. Uh, so those are community events. Uh, for those bigger ones where the Red Bull BC ones, uh, where you have to have the non copyrighted music and all that stuff, there's always going to be that lane for them. Let them handle that. We'll 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 take care of our own culture. Yeah.
0: See. So what I. The whole world of the copyright to me it seems like we're letting kind of a corporate mentality control the scene because he- here's my argument for it is that the only reason a lot of these like produced breaks exist is because we don't want to get a copyright yeah. strike because of YouTube or we're whatever into them yeah. To so you're honest. catering to that so you're making these things and now you're making everybody dance to that stuff yeah the culture is Structured around the music. So yeah. you just structured the culture around a copyright strike. To me, that is like a huge red flag to me that you're doing something wrong. Okay. Because that shouldn't be like that. It's always been the music that controls everything. Yeah. And if the copyright is becoming a problem, hey, let's figure that out on the back end when we're putting it on YouTube. Maybe you got to do yeah. something different, or maybe you just got to pay to get the copyright. I don't know what. There's not a. Really you're there's, you're there's a DJ, a money, so what do you but think? It's about like it? so.
1: So honestly, like how I look at it is like, yo, that's the music industry in industry in general. Yeah. Uh, if you sample something that's already been, you know, copyrighted, you're gonna have to get hit for that. Look yeah. at De La Soul. You know, yeah. who had one of yeah. the largest sampled uh, libraries. Who they still can't get like their own masters for their own records. So I look at it like this: we can resist or we can go with the flow. So we know yeah. that that's where it's going. Uh, this creates opportunity because now Definitely. all the people that are music production uh, DJs they can now really find their niche within that and really grow. see me personally, I don't know how to produce music mm-hmm. so I can't say like like oh, you guys need to just make better breaks and then people will all break to it That's not fair, but it allows people to be like so say for example, someone who's local here uh, I don't want to say anybody's name, but say you produce a track and then now all of a sudden that shit blows up now they want you at Red Bull BC one in, in Russia. You know what i mean so it's like yeah you can either look at it as like yo this is a problem or it's an opportunity i prefer to look at it as an opportunity
0: i, I definitely think um th- it's an opportunity for sure but i hate the idea that it's like you cannot go into this path of music that gets copyright strikes because to me it just it's it's cutting one arm off yeah. because you have to only use this arm yeah and i think that sucks a lot especially when the culture is driven around this music I definitely love the idea yeah. of people producing music specifically for breaking, um, but man, it just sucks that there's such good music out there that already exists. That yeah. we it's like a no go now. I mean,
1: that's underground events. Underground, yeah. No, I mean true. it's
0: a good argument for doing underground events, and yeah. I, I hate I hate the fact that. Uh, people, but if you really
2: want to show it to the public of what this art is about, it's, I want them it's to see t- that exactly. I want art. them to see that's that. That's what that's what got us into it. Yeah. So it's
1: it's tough. It's, well, I mean, I look at it like this. There's also people that really got into breaking from, like, you got served from Step Up. Yeah. You know, that's not necessarily, like, the real source of it, but it's enough to be like, okay, i seen something I really like. Let me find out more.
0: Oh, you know? exactly. And
1: sometimes all you need is just that glimpse. So, yeah, it's an obstacle right now, but it's like, yo, if, I, if, if I've if i never seen breaking before or if my children never seen breaking before and I show them the Olympics and they're like, yo, that's really dope, that's enough for them to be like, all right, cool, I'm going to dig into it.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, no. I, Sometimes
1: it just comes down to access. Yeah, you see some new shit and you're just like, I like this.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's. I guess that's basically how we got into. I mean, in Scotty too Hottie or whatever. Yeah, and bro, so. I'm
1: a wrestling fan. I turned to breaking. Yeah, <laughs> <You> know, just.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good perspective. Huh. Um. Well, so I know we've been talking a lot about like your your um. Your jam throwing and your breaking. Yeah, yeah. But you're also a DJ. Um, I guess what like got you into DJing.
1: Crazy story. Um, I always wanted to DJ. I've okay. always been like a music addict. I just never had the money as a kid. Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't grow up super privileged. Like, it literally was just like, you got to work for everything that you uh, want in life. So through the first Sacktown Underground, this was March 2012. Mm. Um, yeah, bro, it's 10 years Damn. 10 years coming up in March. That's actually why, um, that's a big reason why I wanted to come back and throw another jam. Oh, okay. I wanted the that's- next Sacktown Underground that I do to be the Sacktown 10-year Underground. Which is okay. a, it's kind of Sacktown Five slash 10 year anniversary. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, make it work. Make it work. Yeah, but, um, I mean, they
0: skip. They technically skipped Freestyle Session Nine, so F- you know what I mean. Whatever. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> but shit. Uh, what was that? What were we talking about? Yeah, DJ. DJ? Okay. Yeah. okay. So sorry. Um, the the story in regards to that was um, I threw the first Sacktown Underground. Um, I did it as a passion, but also I feel like I had something to prove. Um, we were going through times in our crew and um i just recently left flex and it wasn't like on no beef shit. it was on some i felt like there was so much that i could do and they weren't allowing me to do it and i didn't Uh, want it to be like any more conflict and i like loved those guys so it was really hard but um i was i wanted to throw events and abe the leader of the crew was basically telling me that i couldn't and that i had to work with certain people and uh, it turns out that those people didn't always have the best interest in mind for me. So I was like, why am I why am I overextending myself when I can do this on my own and do it at the same level? So, bam, did Sack Underground. Ended up being one of the best jams in Northern California for many years. Um, we ended up having friggin' the fire marshal show up because somebody passed out because the cyphers were so hot.
0: That's how... Like- <laughs> That's how fire it was.
1: Remember, bro, people were never going to stop talking about Sacktown Underground 2 when we got kicked out of the venue. We had to go to the other venue. Yeah, bro, I had a backup venue like on deck instantly. Shout out to Brandon Greathouse for getting us that. Like, yo, appreciate you. Never forgot that.
0: Freak show versus.
1: uh, Freak show versus California. California. Yeah, that was NorCal versus SoCal that I had planned and everything, too. So it started off with the whole Sack versus the Bay thing. I'm sorry, Sack versus the Valley, but I'm going super long winded with how I got into DJing. Threw a dope jam, made some money. Uh, finally had <laughs> enough money, and uh, it was crazy because I thought that I just broke even, and I was like, "Cool, like, yo, I did enough. Like, I'm hella happy. This is like the best moment in the world." Threw a dope jam, people showed up.
2: Can you talk more about Make that? Like saying, uh, <laughs> like saying, you know, because it's it's a lot of pressure throwing yeah. events. Oh and, my gosh! And yes, everybody knew you. Like, oh, he's gonna throw an event. Everybody was waiting every year so for
1: your event. It's it's, it's it becomes. Uh, it's like a gift and a curse because I love the respect that I get. I'm super huge on respect. I'm super big on energy. If I feel people disrespectful towards me, I'll never fuck with you. I'm like, I'm very hot and cold with stuff like that. Mm. Um, either you, we come down the line later on and we can either make amends or it's just like, yo, you're always going to be that dude. That's just, you're in that. I'm an elite boy. So I'm not going to pay respect to you because you're not as talented as I am. You know, that type of yeah, shit. I don't right. fuck with people like that. Just straight up. Um, but dude, I, I lost my train of thought again The the pressure from throwing events is really uh, it's it can become daunting because what started off as just a small underground event ended up costing me five thousand dollars a year, ten thousand dollars a year, twelve thousand dollars a year. And when you're working full time and you're trying to take care of your family and do all that. But at the same time, you have this passion in which you have this chip on your shoulder of being like, no i'm from sacramento we're an underdog city i'm gonna do whatever the fuck it takes to make this be the dopest dance scene possible yeah yeah so i'm carrying that on my back i'm carrying the load of being like yo i just quit this crew all these motherfuckers are hating on me i'm gonna show everybody how i get down got that on my back three Uh, carrying a burden of being like, I don't even have a crew to back me up no more. Mm. This is all on me now. Before I had 30, 40 people in Flex Flav to be like, yo, we're going to pass out flyers. We're going to hit these events. Bam, bam, bam. Now it's like, no, it's just you. Start your own team, build it. Did it. Uh, Made some money from the jam and was like, yo, I really love doing this. I'm going to do the best that I can to continue this, but only if I can manage it. Once it becomes unmanageable, I can't do it no more. After Sacktown Underground three, we had uh, Gravity come out. Flexum was in the house. Uh, we I rented out a venue that cost me over three thousand dollars. Just, uh, just, just you know, people don't get this kind of stuff. They just want to mm-hmm. come out and dance. But it's like this is a huge financial burden on me. And I told myself um, after three, if four isn't exactly what I want, taking a break. Mm. Four was dope, but there were so many things that happened at the event where I was just like, yo. I need Getting some me time. Yeah. Like I'm doing every, I'm overextending myself. I had cross coming out. Um, I had mighty four through their jam on the same day yep. as my shit. Oh yeah. yeah. And, yeah. uh, Polsky like was super cool about it leading up to it. And then he tried to like sun me later on, on some like, i don't know who you think you are type of shit and like yo i booked i had machine and bionic man were originally booked for the jam two rock force members so then you got one dude from rock force basically saying like yo don't support and i'm like what the fuck you're trying to you're trying to sabotage my jam so you can have your event and you know shout out to Polsky because you were one of my early inspirations as well as cross one but that shit was shady bro um and i don't care because i'm a grown-ass man and i still throw dope events so if anybody wants to come at me what's up he's he getting um, money <laughs> and bitches so we'll yeah, that's, yeah uh but but really it's just like yo, know, just building the legacy yeah yeah that's what's <laughs> up
0: man and so i know going back going back um so when you first started seeing success in those jams that's when you were able to say hey maybe i got some money to get some turntables and get into djing is that yeah. kind of what it was uh,
1: crazy the crazy thing man i uh, you were my tutor at that time yeah yeah kurt was my math uh, tutor for algebra <laughs> i was trying to go back to school and uh, for radiology and i had to pass a fucking intermediate algebra class and i hated it so kurt was my freaking tutor um and i remember we we were like we showed up at a starbucks and we were about to like do our session and i pulled out my backpack and I had three thousand dollars in that bitch, and I was like, "What is this?" And it turns out that one of my staff members uh, at the event, when we were doing drops, she put the money in my backpack, so I had no idea. So I was like, "Cool, I actually made money from this. I'm gonna save this and put it towards the next event." Yeah, and it's smart. just it's just literally just flipping. I got three thousand dollars now. That means I can put something towards this and that. I was like cool let me treat myself spent 1500 bucks on a turntable set mm. and i was like if i'm gonna spend this money on this i'm gonna have to learn this i learned uh, on techniques uh okay. Technic 1200s uh i learned through serato i learned through vinyl like i i made sure i learned the actual foundation before i went on to you know playing out doing events and eventually using like new technology like dj controllers and stuff but really just founding my foundation first and uh oh man my, my passion for music is just the same as my passion for breaking
0: yeah that's dope and throwing money down to like, I guess force you to really move forward. It's all or nothing. Yeah. That's how I made this podcast. Actually. I yeah. was like, oh, I got this idea. Maybe I'll make it work. I can maybe do it really cheap. I was like, fuck that. Let's just buy the dope. Just shit. Do it. Yeah. Make it good. Now I'm financially invested. I got to get good at this.
1: Shit. So it's just like how I said with, that's why I stepped away from breaking for a while. Yeah. You're, Graduated from college, you have a career now. You're able to. You have the resources that we didn't have when we were 18. Yeah, there there was no way I can make a difference. There's a big difference. So now it's like, yo, like I got a got a fiance. Like I got a beautiful home in pocket. Like yo, I'm doing all right. Mm -hmm. You know, like my kids are happy. Like I'm fresh. Like I look good. Like I'm good. So why am I not gonna give and do the one thing or one of the few things in life that truly satisfies me and gives me this? total fulfillment yeah. with being in the hip hop scene with that be throwing jams where that's spinning where it's just just being in the community it's just like it yeah it gives me my purpose
0: you're making noise from when you were a broke boy now <laughs> you are
1: not a broke boy crazy thing is dude i remember when you when you like you start first started following me uh on the Noise of the Broke Boys, and I was like, what the fuck is Noise of the Broke Boys? <laughs> I was like, I was like first, off, first off, I ain't broke, my nigga, so I'ma I'm cut you off right there. <laughs> so, I don't know about these Broke Boys shit, but yeah, I break, you know what I mean? But I ain't no broke boy. But no, that's it's, And then I eventually saw it. I was like, oh, this is a podcast. This is Kurt. I was like, well, a crew member has his own podcast. I was like, all right, cool. I'm fucking with it. Yeah. So, yeah, I started following it and I was like, yo, he's, he's interviewing everybody that I know. Like, what's up? When you have me on the pod, bro? Like, <laughs> yeah. that shit. I
0: mean, dude, you, you've been on my list to come. So I'm glad you came and I'm glad that this is the shit that you're into. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, broke boy, it's not the money in your pocket. It's more of a mentality. Okay. You know what I mean? Why it's, don't you expound upon that? It's, it's like, Cause when I was younger, I had no money, but I was like, dude, I have hella drive to do this stuff. And you know, I don't have the resources, but let me figure out how to get the resources. And it's like, I've spent a long time in my life doing that. And, and to me, that's like the most important thing to have. Like, if you don't have anything in your pocket, you have drive still. So use that drive to get yourself leverage, to get whatever you need. And that's what I'm saying about being a broke boy is like be hustle hard get your shit done and then you can reap the benefits of it. And that that's what I want to promote in this podcast. We used to do you know street I mean? shows
1: just to make money so For that real. we can even pay to get our crew yeah. into the jam. Yeah. You it, know, not it, everybody had the resources that we had, you know, like everybody didn't work early yeah. on, you know,
0: the the other thing is, is
1: that I'm not afraid of being poor. Like I
0: have money now, but it's like, I've been poor before and I was okay. Yeah. I survived, you know, at the end of the day, if, if, I like had no money. I would go hit a street show. Now I got some money. Let's figure it out from there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a plan in, in in my head to, to get myself out of that. And I feel like anybody who has drive can figure out their plan. And I agree. That's the kind of thing I want to promote. And, I, and obviously like you do that in your life all the time. I mean, that's how yeah, what, you become what so you? successful. Yeah. What, what
2: motivates you? My
0: humble that beginnings,
1: my humble beginnings, yeah. bro. So people don't actually, a lot of people don't know this. So, uh, when I joined Legendary Steps, this happened. Um, I was 17, turning 18, and this is uh, at the freestyle session on the boat at the Queen Mary. Okay. Yeah, so I was at that time true. there was a, there was a huge transition between uh, what was going on between Flex Flave and Rock Force, mm-hmm. and a lot of the people that were in Rock Force were joining Flexible Flave. Yeah. A lot of yeah, people yeah, don't know yeah. this real story, but what happened was everybody that was Rock Force joined Flex. So when they did the battle, they said Rock Force Flexible Flave, but it was just Flexible Flave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kareem was in Flexible Flave at yeah. that time. Uh, and they just had Johnny yeah Johnny was just there to kind of like battle with them and um what happened was there was a lot of drama that it, that happened at that event and pretty much like Ajax Machine uh Marcus Kareem and even uh they were trying to get Morris too at that time um but he was kind of like one of the young he didn't prove himself just yet he wasn't as big of a name as like Machine at that time yeah um so all those guys left they left Flexible Flave and they were pretty much like at a deficit now to me that's like the varsity squad and I'm there. I'm I'm pretty much... I'm the guy in the background holding bags. I'm humble as fuck. Like, I didn't give a mm. damn. So, went to that jam. They put... they And they took, basically, the young talent of, from Sacramento and put them as Legendary Steps, the second generation of Flexible flave. At that time, when I came home from that jam, people don't know this, I was homeless. Hmm. I lived in wow. a homeless shelter. Yeah. So, like, I'm putting all my passion into breaking, but at the same time, I don't have nowhere to live. Yeah. So, like, basically... Uh, I got kicked out of my dad's house uh, over some bullshit between me and my stepmom. And um, she accused me of something that I didn't do. And being the man of my word, like, yo, I didn't do that shit. So if I can't live here, I'm out. Back to you, you know. So I wasn't going to take something when it wasn't like, I'm not going to take fault for something I didn't do. Straight up. So I didn't have no place to live, bro. And um, when you come from nothing and you literally start at the bottom, you refuse to go back there. So I'm not, and and kind of like how you said, you're not afraid to be poor. I'm not afraid to be within poverty, but I'll never be in a fucking homeless shelter again. Mm -hmm. That's all my life. Like, Mm -hmm. and I was out of my control. It was, I was fortunate enough that my mother was able to find a place for us to even like have a spot. So it was like me, my mom and my younger brother all staying in one room. And it was like, yo, all you can do is hustle from there. Yeah. No, when you're at the bottom, all you can do is work up.
0: No, I mean, that's, that's a great mentality to have. Yeah, bro. That's that's the idea of noise of the broke boys. Let's yeah. make some noise for the people that hustle, you
1: know? Yeah. It's the well, American yeah. dream, right? I mean, like... It's the American dream. <laughs> you know? You got any July 4th. <laughs> you got any
2: goals, like, right now that, that you have in go mind?
1: Full, I want to go full-time as an uh, entertainer. Um, right now I, I've been at my same job For 15 years I've been there Since I was 19 years old A lot of people Can't even say They've been at a job For 5 years But shit I've been there For 15 now So really Just like I'm, I'm mentally drained it's To the point Where like I go to work And I'm doing Like my DJ shit At work And I don't want to lose my job, you know, for, for, for like kind of slacking off. I probably shouldn't say this on camera, but you know, they ain't paying attention, Uh, but like someday they will. Nah, shit. Hopefully one of of the three viewers, there. hopefully by then, you know, I'll already have like completely full-time as a DJ and entertainer. But like, I find so much fulfillment from performing and being in live audiences and COVID like kind of took that away. So, um, now that we're back open, you know, I'm able to perform and be able to express myself and, come home and like just feel a sense of accomplishment. Yeah. When I go to work every day, when you're just sitting at a desk doing something you don't really love, like you dread it. Like and it's like it's like kind of just like lingering over you day by day until you make that change. So pretty much I'm working full time and then as soon as the weekend hits, I'm performing at a wedding and then I come home uh midnight, hella happy, like pumped full of adrenaline and just being like, All right, cool. I'm tired as fuck, but like I did
0: it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You earn you You earned your rest. Yeah.
1: And and now I'm at a point where it's like I'm making more money as a DJ than I do at my full time job. Mm -hmm. So it's really just like, can I can I take that risk of like losing that safety net and just going all in as a DJ or all in as like entertainer within itself? But like got kids, man. You know? So fortunately I have a great partner at home, my fiance who have you know gives me that balance. But um I'm gonna get there. Yeah, I'm I'm getting there. That's that's really the goal. So I want to hire out my team and get people to work with me so that when I'm unavailable to work at events, they can do it because sometimes it's like it's physically hard. My back is sore as shit from yesterday, you know, like, but I'm here. You know, I'm hella tired from performing last night, but I'm here. You know, it's just it's the hustle.
0: grind. Yeah, it's it's a journey. And and I think as long as you keep your destination in mind, you're going to figure out how to get there. Um, So before we go, I know Among all the things that you do right now, you also have a podcast called Jabroni Bros. It's it's a wrestling podcast. You do it with Marty Bush. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that that's really dope.
1: Passion project, bro. Um, I've always been in a podcasting Uh, because I do work that boring ass job Monday through Friday. I have my headphones in like from the moment I clock in to the moment I clock out. So I need stuff to kind of stimulate my mind and to keep me entertained throughout the day. I wanted to start a podcast about five years ago mm-hmm. um but it was it came down to either resources or just like having the balls to be like yo let's just do it what happened this year was had all this downtime from covid and i was like i have all my dj equipment why don't i just try and use what i currently have and just make the pod mm. so um so most wrestling fans, everybody knows about the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's one of the uh, the first pay-per-views of the year. And it really sets up everything that's going to happen, like at WrestleMania, which is the, the, the Super Bowl-like event for wrestling fans. And um, I was like, yo, I'm just going to record a podcast. Yeah. I'm just going to fucking do it. I don't care if it sucks. Uh, I'm just going to give it a shot. And uh, this happened, like, on a Monday. And then I hit Bush and I was like, yo, I'm doing this podcast, whether you want to do it or not. But I'd really like for you to do it with me. Yeah, yeah. If you can do it, let's do it. Uh, because he's, I've, I've known Bush since 2000. That same Sac State jam. Mm. He was, he was, in, he was battling the b-boy battle and doing the MC battle. So like that's how we became friends. Yeah, yeah. So I've known Bush for like 20 plus years. Yeah. So he's a wrestling fan. We're dope homies. We're old crew members. Let's just do this shit. And um, I do all the production. Um, I do the notes every single week, and it's really just like putting it out there just mm-hmm. seeing what we can do uh yo in a couple months we're going to SummerSlam in las vegas and like oh, really? the fans of our podcast that's are coming dope. with us that's hell like tight. that type of shit dude i got so no fans like... on this but <laughs> yo, come with me <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's little shit like that like it's literally it started from nothing for me just doing something in my bedroom and and like like watching a pay-per-view and being like yo this is what i think of it to now fans are coming to shows with us that's hell it's time. it's dope yeah, dude, that's hell. Of time. You guys are going to create a
2: moment and it's something that you work hard and now yeah. look where you're at.
1: Yeah. Like, I work, shit, I would record a pod tomorrow, but found out Bush is in Texas right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I guess we got shout it. Shout out to Bush,
2: man. No, he, shout he, out to my brother Bush. Yeah, he's man. always hustling. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's, man, that's my brother from another mother, mother man. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm really glad that I got to do it with someone that is, uh, he's funny as hell, too. And it's like, it's it's complimentary because it's like, he's a rapper. And it gives him an opportunity to be in front of an audience consistently. Yeah, yeah. And then he could showcase his skills. And then for me as a DJ, it's like, yo, I we're doing shows. We're literally doing events now. And now it's like, okay, cool. I'll just spin. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, fuck it. I'm throwing the event. Like, I'll just spin. I don't care.
0: Yeah, you you guys got a great chemistry. Like, I, I'm not too into wrestling anymore. But, man, I still, like, listen to your guys' thing. Because I'm like, dude, this is, like, good. You guys got Thank something you. good going on. Thank it's you. entertaining. Yeah, it is. Thank you. And so, yeah, people listen. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so Even your dog listens. <laughs> Hell yeah,
0: she's getting hype over there. The Brody Bros. <laughs> the Brody Bros. Um, yeah, dude, I mean, like, that that feeling you had, I guess, just take a shot and make it happen, that's basically how I felt with this podcast, too. Just, hey, we'll
1: make it happen figure it out.
0: I, w- I originally wanted to do it with a lot of people, and sh- nobody was, like, down, so I was like... Just do it myself It's
1: funny you say that Because like uh, Everybody has something to say After the podcast is out I remember I put out My first episode And my homie was like Yo where's the intro song And I was like how the fuck are you doing podcasting like you didn't even like and subscribe this shit you're like you didn't you didn't you didn't leave me a comment Dude, like you're like like yo you're you're my homie from high school and like i and you got oh the nerve to critique God. me go smoke some weed motherfucker like you ain't doing nothing <laughs> you know like and not to hate on my weed smokers you know shout out That's but funny. but like it's like come on man like like everybody has something to say after you put something out but they'll never match your effort yeah. And they never it's will. It's a contribute. lot of hard work. Yeah, no, I, everybody I, has something to say.
0: On the first episode, I put it out, I got hella criticism, and I was just like, you know what? I can get mad at this, or I can just take it and build yeah. with it. And that's how I did it. And it was, it's like, you know what? It's a learning process. Yeah. It's a learning really? process. Yes. when you said that,
1: the next episode, I had an intro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was mean, like, dude, dude, I,
0: I fucking shout out, shout out to my homie
1: Julio. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean,
0: <laughs> I like when people hated on it, I was like, all right. I went and produced my own music for the fucking show. I went and got some more cameras and then yeah. whatever, got better microphones. And I was like, all right, we're going to make this shit work. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean, that's just kind and of how And how, how are you liking the journey so far? It's, dude, it's fun. It's uh, I think the thing that, the only thing I really don't like is just the amount of effort you got to put into, like, editing. Yeah. just so long. No, A lot of people that have never edited videos don't understand how long that shit takes.
1: This is what I like about learning uh, about a podcast is that um, had I had never started, I would have no idea how to edit videos. Yeah. So- I learned new skills just from me doing the podcast. So, so now like, I, and I apply that to like my, uh, my DJ shit and even my breaking stuff. Yeah. So now whenever I do an event, I can now like, I know how to make a little highlight clip, you know, or, or yeah. now I know how to edit a video together uh, in iMovie so that I can put more of my stuff out. And honestly, like a lot of times, especially with music, it's marketing. As long as you can, people can know who you are, you can get in front of people and they start really vibing with you. Same thing with jams. You know, once you become a familiar face, they're like, okay, cool. I know I can support him without question. Yeah, because yeah. he throws consistent quality. I'm going to pay the $20 to go to one of Larry's jams because I can spend $10 at a local jam and it's not going to be even half the quality. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just really branding. And uh yeah, this podcast is dope. Yeah,
0: yeah. No. It's a hustle for sure, but... It's, I, I think it's, it's the future, it. honestly, it's
1: because a lot of artists, like, they put music out and you listen... If even, it's like, shit, Nas put out an album. I listened to it, like, twice. Mm. But a podcast if you put out a new episode the next week, I'm going to listen to it. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's forever. Yeah. And I'm going to listen to the whole thing, you know, like it's kind of crazy. Like, uh, versus like if I hear an album, I might listen to like, there might be two songs that I really like. I'll put that on a playlist and I'll listen to those two songs, but I ain't gonna listen to the whole thing. Podcast. I'm listening to that shit. I'm interested. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think what's great about the podcast is it kind of lets anybody have a voice in, in, in a world and, Put, put that some ideas out into the world and let it kind of brew. And people could choose
2: what they want to listen yeah, to. It's yeah. not if it's something shit, they're not going to listen yeah, to. but you know, that's what I like about it. It's like you they have a certain, there's like comedy people that talk about mm-hmm. comedy. People,
1: C- the crime ones are huge too. Like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's motivational, it, like all those shits. Yeah.
0: And you, you can learn so much stuff on it. It's mean, mm-hmm. almost like listening to a, a Audio book with cuss words.
1: What I like about podcasts is like it's like being in the room with homies and just kind of like learning from them. Like yeah. there's so many times that when uh I was young and I remember just like overhearing my elders and like say for example, Abe would be talking to someone at a jam and I would just shut up and oh, just yeah, and listen, just to, listen to what's going and on and I'd be there. like, damn. It's good to okay. listen. Yeah. And it's just, it's the same thing with the podcast. You're in a, it's like being in the car with someone on the drive home from a jam and hearing their story. There's so many memories that you can get from that kind of
0: stuff. I remember I had a boss a long time ago that was so good at just listening to everything. He always said that listening is like almost more important than talking. And I took that to heart and that's cuz I feel like I learned so much from just listening. I agree. Just shutting up for a moment and listening. And so I think that's what makes podcasts so great. So I I think it is the future and it's kind of why I jumped on it this thing i mean there's nothing really in the scene i mean there's a few podcasts out there but
1: yeah there should you know there should be more breaking podcasts there should be that's what i tell everyone is like
0: there should be more there should be hundreds of these there's so many stories that like go untold
1: exactly exactly and Mm -hmm. people just like like kind of how we were talking about earlier with the parenthood like people just kind of phase out of the scene there's so many people that were like inspirations to me that aren't even around like at all as soon as you have a kid like bam. yeah and,
0: and the other thing is what's what's the alternative if you don't have your voice out there who's making the noise it's red bull or yeah you know like some corporation and if you, you didn't really really know breaking i don't know maybe hopefully the people that are maybe a
1: couple of people that are there like you and know. i'm
0: ho- hoping that the b-boys that are with red bull like put the company on game with it but i don't quite trust that because they have their own corporate motivation or maybe so they just like, don't care you know
1: yeah they True. might just not yeah. care and
0: s- someone who does care like me or you or yeah. you like we're gonna actually say some some truth mm-hmm. or at least like what we perceive as truth and let it out into the scene so i feel like that's why people should have podcasts because we, yeah. we we have more control the the love has the control rather than the corporate has the control i agree exactly I agree. And, and
2: that's what the scene we need to control it more and what we want to sure. do like even for the olympics if we have our own control and put it the way we want to put it out then it's, we're going to feel it. Yeah. But if they do it how they want to put it out, then we're not going to feel it as an art. Yeah. And,
1: and, and by proxy, we're going to rebel against it. Yeah, exactly. that's the struggle. That's what hip hop is in general. Hip hop
0: is rebellion yeah. for sure. For sure. So,
1: <laughs> well, dope dude. This was a
0: great conversation. Um, Thank you,
1: man. Yeah. I had a really good time. Vibing yeah,
0: no, yours. I mean, yeah. 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 So do you have anything, um, you know, to shout out, uh, where can people um, find you?
1: so easiest way to find me i'm on instagram at just fresh 916 if you guys want to check out my youtube or my uh all my dj gig logs and all that shit you can just search just fresh entertainment um for the podcast you can check us out on literally every digital streaming platform we're on youtube we're on pandora iHeartMusic, music or iHeartRadio, radio where the fuck it is i use mainly spotify myself uh search jabroni bros pod and uh in case you've never listened buck hulk hogan <laughs> He's a racist piece of shit. Yeah. So shout out Ultimate Warrior. But we don't we don't fuck with Hogan around here unless it's NWO Hogan. Um
2: and guess, who guess who won? Guess who guess who won this one? Yeah,
1: that's right. Um yeah, uh honestly i really appreciate you even having me on the podcast my biggest thing that i want to push forward is legacy 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 i know i never was the dopest b-boy on the floor but the the impact that i gave people at jams i really appreciate the feedback they've given um but i ultimately just want to leave a dope legacy in the scene not just for myself but for my children who are now getting into breaking um and i want to see the people that not only were my contemporaries but those before me and after me leave their legacy Mm -hmm. that's i believe that's such a huge huge thing legacy 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 what will people remember you by i don't want people to remember me as the guy that got his jam shut down i want people to remember me as the guy that gave them some of their best battle experiences Mm -hmm. Uh, the guy that gave them uh an opportunity to meet some of their favorite dancers for them to see the art in person so Yeah, man, that's I guess that mainly my closing thing is like, let's keep building Sacramento, not just Sacramento, Northern California, California, the B-Boy scene in general, um, the hip hop scene, the culture. It's only going to stay alive if we keep it
0: alive. Oh, man. All right, you guys. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Sorry, this show sucks. You jabronis.
2: We out. Peace. (laughs)